0: Welcome in Stars fans to another edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. Five out of six points. Not a bad way to start your season. And I'm joined by multi-Stanley Cup winner and Ed Belfour and Ken Hitchcock are being inducted this weekend into the Stars Ring of Honor slash local Hall of Fame. And I will keep pushing this. A guy that needs to be there because... There might have been some dust-ups if it wasn't for Craig Ludwig being in the middle of these two, and he joins us now from Anaheim, in fact. How are you?
1: I am uh, I'm good. It's a nice, uh, beautiful day in Anaheim. I don't know what it's like in Dallas, but I'm sure it's a little bit warmer there uh, than it is here. So, uh, early start here, and we got a game with our U18 team tonight at uh, It's 530. We start here tonight, so... Um, Anyway, it's a good day, good start. It's always great starting the day off talking to Gavin Yes. Uh, I I love it. Okay. You're gonna clip that too, aren't you? You're gonna Hell clip that. Yeah, gonna I'm gonna it. I'm gonna play oh, yeah. it
0: every Saturday night when I'm home alone. <laughs>
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bad visual again.
0: <laughs> so when you go back to cities like Anaheim, does it bring back memories for you?
1: Um you know not not necessarily. I mean, yeah, the beach bars, yeah, of course. Um,
0: <laughs> but not like you're not I'm thinking saying... J.S. Jagger, or
1: Oh, I thought no, no, I thought you were talking about entertainment. Um uh, no, it's uh yeah, as soon as we land, uh, our goalie coach came with us. Billy Pie came on the trip this, this weekend and uh, <laughs> the first thing you get off the plane, let's where are we going. <laughs> like, <laughs> where are we going? Whole day off. So there's still uh, there's, you know, some of the places are still here. We're we're about, uh, uh, I think we're about fifteen minutes or so from from Newport Beach, and so. Um, but we tomorrow we, uh, actually tomorrow afternoon we talked about it. We we've got a, our guys got a game tomorrow right around noon. So um again we're only playing one a day here. So um we may we may take them to a you know let them do a little sightseeing over there while while the three coaches do a little sightseeing of their own.
0: <laughs> yeah you must be a popular I mean, I
1: mean in the bar i'm talking about I, i'm talking about we might go for a couple beverages at during the day sometime. sure you can find in find these little places that got about 60 beers uh on the shelf so yeah
0: see you know, if wisconsin's closely, it all, on the tube it,
1: it all depends on how we do and yep. if we don't do well and we're actually playing the anaheim team tomorrow afternoon so and they're good they're they're a good team um so sometimes you're in a bad mood I, I know I shouldn't be in a bad mood with this, but but I am.
0: Yeah. Was there relatability for you, though, like coming into a new city in Dallas who had never had hockey and then going when you played to a city like Anaheim, that was just kind of trying to grow the game. I mean, there was the L.A. Kings, but then Anaheim came in.
1: Uh, well, I mean, I think when Anaheim came, well, it, I think it was weird for us as we moved along. I mean, you're talking about having three three NHL teams in the state of California. You know, I think that just in general, um, which which is hard, I think, for the hockey fan that's in the rest of the country, because and they they talk about uh, East Coast bias all the time when it comes to players and talking about MVPs and all this other kind of stuff, and and really that has a lot to do with people just aren't staying awake to watch. You know, the teams on the West Coast play; the games sometimes are starting. You know, you're sitting in Dallas and. You know, there's there's a team out here. Well, what the game start local time last night nine nine thirty something like that. Yeah, college, nine. Right? You know, and it's a it's it's not like it's a you know it, I, I think it's different when it when it's a, a Friday or Saturday um, because people are you know whether they're at home or sitting in bars and it's nice to be able to go to a um, well I don't know about everybody but I mean when I you know, when I'd venture out, it's it's not like at five in the afternoon, you know, it's, it's more later and things like that. And so it's nice to be able to sit down at, you know, nine ten o'clock and you know, your, your local team is playing on TV. So it, it actually um, led
0: started as kind of therapy for us because <laughs> that's when the Rangers, uh, unfortunately they tied it up and then fell behind. So, um, it was a good opportunity to look elsewhere. And then we saw that first period of the Dallas stars and we said, Oh, this is not going to be a good night. But to their credit,
1: are you saying that you could, are you saying you could kind of put the the series was two zero, and all of a sudden it's two two, a little bit behind you in the rearview mirror for twenty four hours or so
0: until this afternoon, when hopefully the yeah. Rangers make it three to two.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just, are you going to be in your plushy suite today?
0: No, no, no. I'm back here.
1: No, no plushy sweet. Oh Come yeah, on. you're back there at the grind. You're just grinding her up. I'm there grinding,
0: now. man. Someone's got to yeah, do the behind the scenes, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: No. no well, the Dallas Stars were grinding too. I mean, the last couple of games, I thought they were they were good. I, I I wasn't I wasn't super crazy about the the Vegas game. It had nothing to do with the score or anything like that. But I thought you can tell, and I think we talked about this when we first got started. You can tell that it's still. You know, getting getting up to up to speed. You know, and I thought the Vegas game; both teams were. I mean, it was a good game, um, but it was it was sloppy at times. And only from the standpoint when you got two good teams, you expect to see the passes clicking and the power play breakouts clicking. And you know, both teams had their. You know, they're bumps, but, you know, and and the coaches all know that, you know, it's going to take us, like I said, it takes you somewhere around 10 games to start, you know, having everybody running on, on, on all cylinders and, and being together last night, you know, and again, even, even for last night's game, you know, there were, there's, there's, you know, some breakdowns that, you know, I, I, what were the shots in the first period, something like 10 or 11 in the first to one in the first 10 minutes or something like
0: that. Yeah. Jake Ottinger kept that game at one nil. Yeah, he did. He did a real nice job, and you know he's done well, um, it
1: well. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you say? I mean, you. There's two guys I'm looking at. Well, and you got to throw Miro in there. I mean, Miro's yep. obviously up and running. I mean, he he's good. I, there, I'm still on the same. There was the goal last night, and, and and it gives me ammo for our players. So sometimes I'm okay with it. Like when I look at that that two on one goal uh, that Miro was on, um, I didn't like exactly how he played that but it gives me the opportunity to clip it show it to our defensemen and things like that but um there's a couple i mean you you hit the nail on the head when it when it comes to the goaltender i mean otter has been fantastic uh to start the year and the other guy i don't know if it's wyatt johnson for me um he's He's been great, and I'll tell you what—he's yeah. getting rewarded too. I—I I think he played the most minutes last night of any forward, um, or or it was the night before. But the last two games, he's he's in the top two among forwards in, in minutes played. So I mean, where you'd think it would be Robertson and Dabelski and Henson, and things like that. So it just shows you the where where there's you know two three other guys that seem to take the spotlight for the stars. You know, they're that's when you talk about the depth, and when you got a a young player like that that um, coaches you know, really trust. Yep. Um, you know, goes a long way.
0: Yeah, especially, you know, what Johnston's doing defensively as well. Um, I think that kind of gets lost in the shuffle. We're analytic society now where we immediately look at points, but you know, another guy that I think is actually off to a really good start that's not necessarily showing up on the score sheet yet is uh, Matt Duchesne. I thought he had a really active game last night.
1: Yeah, I think he I think he's looking at this coming into this team as a real opportunity for him. You know, he didn't uh, I mean, he's not making the kind of money that he has in his past couple of contracts, but you know, it's probably for him. He's looking at it as an opportunity to get a uh first, first and foremost for him, maybe is uh get back on the map as being an elite player. Um I think he thrives in, in, in teams like this because this is a it's an up tempo team. Dallas wants to get up and go. And and they've got the parts to do that. And so I think he looks at it and figures that he fits in well with this. Obviously, you know, being able to – a go-to guy now, it seems like, in the shootout is nice. I mean, because those are important points. You want to get the – it doesn't seem important, I think, right now, but as the season rolls along and you can get that extra point in the shootout, um, whether you like the shootout or not um, – you know, when it comes down to positioning at the end of the year, you look back. It's nice to be able to have two guys you can lean on. Um, I remember back in our day, you know, you you had Yuri Letnin who just seemed to be automatic, and Sergey Zubov, and it was a one-two punch. And, and now, you know, with with uh, Robo, um, who just makes it look effortless, and at times, and and now maybe it's Matt Duchesne. Um, so, but yeah, you you like his speed. He's an East West player. Um, so I think from a coach's standpoint, you have to make sure you play him with the right two people that, and, and it seems like their lines, you know, they're happy with their lines because you don't see a lot of juggling at least, you know, here early.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree there. One of the things that I really liked about last night and they clearly were outplayed They knew Anaheim was young, fresh legs. I mean, this is an Anaheim team that took down Carolina the other day, too. So um, they're an exciting team to watch, and they're rebuilding. But, you know, coming back after that first and then playing a solid game, I like that. I mean, in the past, Luds, we've seen kind of uh, third-period lapses. And I feel like in the early part of the season, two things have happened. One— they're getting stronger as the game moves along, um, which which I like. The second thing I really like, and maybe this is part of DeBoer's style, is I felt as though under Bonus and even Monty, you know, they'd get a lead and then they'd kind of go into that shell, um, play more defensive style. And even down to the last couple of minutes last night, the Stars were still going at Anaheim. And I like that style because – you know, if you just let the team kind of come at you, that momentum change is tough. So that those are two things that I've noticed: the resiliency and the continued aggressiveness.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the way that Jim Neal wanted to put the team together. Uh, you, you know, I, I, this is not a a three two league anymore. And you know, you're you're scoring you know six to seven goals, and I think it's become exciting and and you know and and I would say just to start with the first thing you said when they came back in the second period. To me, that's a veteran team. And whether a coach comes in and loses his mind because he didn't have a great first period. And when you have a veteran team, you can, when the coaches walk out, you can say, Hey, relax. We got this. We know, you know, we know we got another level, blah, blah, with a little bit of calmness. If the roles would have been reversed last night and Dallas was pummeling Anaheim early, I don't think that the Anaheim team could do that. And that's only because the amount of youth that they have on their team, they haven't been down the road. They haven't played with confidence and, and been able to come back in NHL games yet. So I think a lot of that has to do with the Pavelskis and the Jamie Benz and Sagans. And, you know, you can go down the list with this team with the veteran guys and then some, you know, if it gets down the road this year and it gets into game 60 and 70 and things are going a little, sideways at the wrong time of the year, now they're going to start calling them old. They're tired and old. Yeah. That, it, it just comes with the territory. But, <clears throat> but I think that that's Pete DeBoer, I, and, and you're right. And I think that – but you have to know your players. Like, you, you've, got, you've got thoroughbreds on this team, and, and you, you don't want to pull the reins in on them. I mean, Rupe was flying last night. You know, I, sure was. I, um, I mean, he is just such a difference maker when he's healthy. And when he he just backed people off, it, it you know I, it, it's probably not fair to to compare him to, I don't know Nathan McKinnon. It's funny I had the, I had the the the, the ABS on one channel in, in in the room here, and then I had the other one on on the computer, and I got McKinnon flying to my right, <laughs> and I got hints flying to my left, and uh, or McDavid, but um, you know, when Rupe's going, uh, it's it's just it's. I, I, it would be, it's a nightmare to, to play against him. And the, you know, and again, that's the league that, that that's what this league is. So um, and I think you, you don't want to pull those guys back. Look at Miro. Miro picks the puck up behind his own net. And, and before you know it, he's at the offensive blue line. So uh, when you have those kind of parts and pieces, you know, you, you play to your strengths and, and, and that's kind of where I believe the coaching staff is and saying, listen, we're not crazy about getting in shootouts. And then the other reason that you can play that way, especially, I mean, and we did it here, even at this level uh, a couple of years ago. And I changed my philosophy on how I felt that we needed to, to teach these kids how to play at times is because we had a team that could score and we were scoring four or five goals a night. And you may say, Oh, geez, it's only the U 18s. Well, there's other teams. There's there's 200 teams in this, you know, in the country that play kind of around this level. And so there's a lot of good teams, but but you just have to go, you play to your strengths. And, and, and I think that that's what ours was. And I think when you have teams like this, you got to say, you know what, we're going to have to live with a couple defensive errors or, or or positioning on our own end. And because, but we can, we can kind of live like that because we have some game changers. And, And I think, and, and on that same philosophy, is that why isn't that why Jim Neal probably went out this this summer and said that Matt Duchesne would be a really good fit for our team? Yep. So, you know, again, kind of adding adding to your stable.
0: Yeah. And I don't even want to say that Joe Pavelski's 39 anymore. I just want to talk about him as a player. Because,
1: yeah, but you know what? I'll tell you what, he is 39. He's gonna be yeah. 40, and he doesn't skate like the two guys he plays with. And no. not that Robo's not a speedster. The only thing is sometimes because Hintz is going so damn fast. He makes everybody else look slow too around him, right? <laughs> he does. But Joe Pavelski, Joe Joe's hockey IQ, yes, is twenty four, and it's always going to be 24 20. Joe is just a smart player. Everything he does is quick. Like, like he, if, if you watch that replay of the of the pass that Joe made to Hints last night when he went up the middle, and, and you know, just beautiful goal. But you, if you go back and you watch that, Joe saw him coming before he got to the offensive blue line. He was at about the center, at the center line, and he saw Pavelski winding up. He already knew what he was going to do before Pavelski got to center ice. I'm Sorry, before Hintz got there. Joe knew as soon as he got with his speed, I guarantee you, if you could see one of them kind of infrared radar things out there, he was able to scan where the two defensemen were that he's playing against and the gap that was in the middle of the ice and how Pavel or uh, hints was winding up and, and Pavs just got to that offensive blue line and he knew there is going to be a white blur going right through these two guys. <laughs> and I'm just going to lead it. And and it, it made a perfect pass. I mean, that, that's the thing about Joe Pavelski is, is I mean, he he is the just such the right guy to play with these two players because he understands their strengths and he know and he's probably telling them, just get to that spot. That's what Zuby did with with Mo, and when Mo was flying around and, and Mo would say things like, "Man, juba I gotta I gotta slow her up or I gotta go." He goes, "No, just go where you're gonna go. I'll get the puck there." And they trust in each other, and I think hence trust. Joel and Robo trust Joel get to certain par- places on the ice. And if he's got the puck, he's going to get it there. You know, and that's it's the majority of the time he, he puts it where they want it. And so, um, yeah, he, what is he at now? 400 and what is it? 450 something. Yeah. He, right now? I, you know, the, and they were talking,
0: like you know, uh, on the post game about, yeah. And NHL hall of fame. And I mean, that's, clear-
1: that's where I was going. Yeah, you clearly know? the and I, U.S. Hockey Hall of before. Fame. Yes, I, I just think he 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 needs to be in the conversation whenever that time comes. Yep. But you know, he needs to win a cup. I mean, uh, just for him, he need he's 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 taken some some hard hits, you know, in his career. He's paid the price that way. He's played with some really good players. Obviously, he's been a captain for I don't know what it was, eight, nine, ten years. You know, in San Jose, and yeah. he's a leader. He's a, he's a great human being, um, you know, and, and again, some of the criteria from what I understand is, you know, did they win a major award? You know, again, we can talk about the GM that didn't return my phone call trying to get tickets right here sitting in Anaheim, Pat Verbeek. Um Are you serious? Yeah, but you know what? Our alumni director, the, the amazing Bob Basson, maybe gave you the wrong number for Beaker. So <laughs> I sent a message to Beaker a couple of days ago and said, hey, and I even said, Hey, do you got somebody you can put me in contact with that we could buy? And I put in per to buy tickets from you, hoping that he'd go. Oh no, you know we'll get it. anyway. I never got a, I never got a return message. But I'm going to blame this one on Bassin, not on Verbeek. Okay, Maybe he gave me the wrong number because I don't have it. But
0: Umberbeak you're right. Number. You're right. Despite him not taking care of you, he belongs in the Hall of Fame. have Verbeek.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, Beaker's got what 500, 600 gold, whatever it is. Yeah. I, I just don't. And Beaker's got a Stanley Cup. I, I don't understand why that guy's name doesn't come up. But back to Joe, it's going to be the same conversation. Um, again, uh, you know, I, I, you don't hear his name thrown around, but maybe that's still because he's playing. But right. I'm just saying when he's done, it, it would be nice, you know, Joe can get – say Joe can get 30 goals this year. On this team, he probably can. Playing with those two guys, he can. Yep, that puts him um, at – uh, for perspective. More. You loves- know, it's kind of like the OV thing. You know, gonna only needed what seventy some goals, but Jesus, it looks like he's skating in mud right now. But anyway, yeah, forty nine
0: um, goals to get Joe to five hundred. Skating
1: at that speed, <laughs> you know, he's been doing it. So, <laughs> so I don't see, I don't see his game diminishing. And again, I can, I can see another one year deal if that's what Joe wants to do and that's yeah. what Jim wants to do. You know, again, we're what are we five games into the season right now? We're talking about an extension for Joe. I don't know.
0: Yeah, three games played, three points. Uh, if you didn't hear me, forty nine more goals gets him at five hundred. I think if he can get to that 500 threshold of 500 goals, he's well over 500 assists. So he's over a thousand points. Um, He's about to pass Pat LaFontaine as far as American goal scorers. So, wow. It's just, you know, it's just amazing. And it's not like he's a piece. And what I mean by that, because I think pieces in in hockey, you can speak to this Luds are so vital on a team. Like, you know, you pick up a wily veteran. It's That's a good piece. That's the piece we needed. He's like, not a piece. He's like a, the piece of this team. He's just such a major part. And we talked about this on the show. I'm not taking anything away from hints or robo, but at the same time, I do wonder if Pavelski steps away or gets injured. How good is that line? We've seen that with Sagan and Sagan does a nice job, but you know, Pavelski just helps those guys out so much.
1: Wouldn't it be interesting? <clears throat> and and again, just to shift from Joe a little bit, could Matt Duchesne play with hints and him? I don't know. Probably not because he's not really a winger, but but Duchesne is a puck distributor. Yes. You know, and and I, 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 think, I, like I think that, that Again, you know him feeling good, playing in this system, playing with this group of guys. He might be, but, uh, but anyway. But but Joe just brings so many other things to the table, you know, than than just that, you know, on and off the ice. So, um, but but yeah, and again, I I think Joe's going. He's playing, and anybody ever wants to talk about his speed, which doesn't even stand out because he's such a good, smart player and makes the right plays all the time, and he and he gets to the right areas of the ice in the offensive zone. I mean, we saw him tip one in the other night from from Hayskinen. and so I mean, that's just he's just, there's no fear in him. And he's just a, a very cerebral, you know, player along with, uh, you know, all of his other, you know, his hockey IQ and, and his hockey skills.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I wanted your perspective last night, you know, it was further talked about that Jamie Ben had a, a fight in Vegas and, you know, to create momentum when I, I guess they just don't want to talk about it. This is the quote unquote answering the bell for, what he did to Mark Stone in the Western Conference Finals, as a player, how does how does the room know when the right opportunity is? How do you know as far as who picks? Because in this time, in this case, Stone didn't go; Haig went. Stone was very thankful. And I mentioned with Sean the other day, it doesn't need to be the player that was injured. You know, a lot of times it's just a guy. We saw O'Connor go. Uh, at it with Eberly the other night for retribution on what happened to uh, Cagliano during the playoffs, Seattle, Colorado. So, you know, it happens in hockey. um, And I just wanted to get your thoughts. Have you ever been in a situation like that? And can you take us inside a room as far as the process of answering the bell?
1: I don't think there's a process. I don't think it's a team thing. I think it's an individual thing. And you know, there's a, there's you know, there there's loyalty among all these teammates. And and they and hockey players are like elephants. They have a long memory and they remember. And so they remember back to the playoffs. It wasn't that long ago. And so it was their captain that that got that went down. It was their captain that had been in and out of the lineup for the last couple of years. It's their captain that has backed back problems and and has played through apparently a lot of, uh, you know, a a lot of pain to get into the lineup and and to get into the playoffs last year to score some important goals as a captain and then to ultimately raise the cup and then the home opener and all that kind of stuff that, you know, and I think that, you know, he came in to that organization with a big, big, big contract and he's lived up to the contract from the standpoint of whether he's injured, um, you know, and and probably still does everything that he would, if he wasn't uh, in the lineup. And so I think that that's a family it's a, and they're even tighter now than they were the last, since he got there because of the, the success that they've had since he's been there. So, and you talk about Everly. I mean, these are, I mean, this is a very, hockey is a, is in my opinion, it's different than other sports. The 23, 22 players are tight players, regardless of your new, it doesn't take long to become part of a family, especially when you have a good group. And I think that obviously, I mean, didn't, I think Vegas returned everybody, but, but what Smith and a couple other players from that Stanley cup team. And and that was probably done for a reason, Um, you know, from their, from their owner and GM and coaches and said, listen, it isn't often we had it in Dallas. It's not often when you can have that many players that get along that well and accomplish that kind of stuff. And that's why I think when you're a coach, there's a lot of times you're like, I don't need to go into the room. I know we didn't, we played like shit here in the first period, but I'm just going to go in because that's what people expect us to do, but I'm not going to say anything because I know that we have the leadership in there. And I think that's, I think that's what Hague was saying. You know, this is one of our guys, this is our guy. And, and I, and you can't, I mean, Jamie knows it's coming. I mean, not that he knows it's coming, but it's not like it's unexpected. Um, so the good news is you get it out of the way early. I mean, I think, I mean, that's kind of what this stuff is about when it's not, this isn't somebody that's going to be sentenced to 25 years in prison because of a hit they put on somebody. Now, Matt Dumba on Pavelski, that may be a little bit different. And I was going to ask you, know? you
0: about that. That's November yeah. 14th. The Coyotes are in Dallas. Yeah. He now I, plays I would, for Arizona. You know,
1: that, that that could be a little bit different. That that to me is Matt Dumba against the 20 guys that are in lineup all night long. That That's what it is to me. That's not a one-on-one thing. That that is <clears throat> that is a little bit different. But these other ones, it's the playoffs and it's you know, it's it's all this other kind of stuff that goes on. And and you you kind of and the thing is, okay, let's get it out of the way in game one, let's move on the rest of the year. We're gonna play them another two, three, four times, whatever it may be. We're gonna get back to business as we get down down the road, you get into game 60, game 70 you want to get a suspension at that time of the year? You know, so if I get a suspension, you jump a guy, you get a game or two, you know, let's just get this out of here. If that happens, serve it early, serve it in the first 10, 15, 20 games of the year. And let's move on. And we got that. We got that there. Let's go play hockey.
0: Was the one that you remember
1: it may happen again. Was the one that you
0: remember most was uh, Roenick?
1: (laughs) Well, See, there, there's a difference in players jr I mean there's another guy that should be in the Hall of Fame by the yes. way yes um and I like jr jr is a good dude he does a lot off the ice uh um, very vocal but that's jr um th- that's see that's a different kind of player that that's you know he's a yappy player so Yappy players are all Matt Barnaby <laughs> you know guys would love Barney for for a teammate but he's He's probably hard to have as a teammate at times. You know, we I Claude Lemieux. Played with Claude Lemieux. I mean, God, he's hard. I mean, he, he will go to battle. He'll go to the wall for you. But Jesus, like, stop picking on the wrong guys on your team night after night because guys got to get involved all the time. And that's why sometimes you just kind of go, Pepe, it's time for you to, you know, fight your own battles this time. You know, when somebody jumps you, don't look around because you're just going to have to do it. So it, it I think so much of that depends on the player depends on the and not that any of them are bad teammates but we know you know and like look at steve Ott. otter otter was one of the best at yapping right yes but otter could fight his own battles yeah you know unless it was a big if there were you know obviously a heavyweight then then somebody will step in for him and that didn't that very rarely happened same with barnaby and you can go on the wrist J, jr again like i said jr was kind of a you know he's a verbal guy. He he gets in your face and he smiles and he does you know all those little things and he kind of gets under your skin. You know I mean I that's why I bring up Lemieux because I thought Claude was there were similar kind of players. But but anyway, it, it's part of it's not the code. It's just a respect thing from from your own teammates to a very important player on your team that you know was done wrong uh, and and that's how they feel.
0: So are you chatting amongst yourselves on the bench when it happens during that game? To say is one person saying to the rest of the team on the bench, if you have a chance, you have to go after him.
1: Nope. Not okay. not in the Dallas Star scene because okay. they know Jamie knows what to do. That's okay. my opinion. I I don't, you know, but but again, even even still, you're not going into the next season when you when you when that game comes around, you're not there's not a conversation in the morning skate. There's not a conversation the day before. Hey, so and so is coming to town. You know, you got to go get him that you don't it's you don't have to talk about it. It, it It's given. It's a given that that whoever the first if this happened to that th- and it doesn't have to be Jamie. I mean, it, it could have been it could have been Robertson. It could have been hence, you know, not, not that that's what you're you know, they're not expecting to do it. But I'm just saying that, you know, going in, you, like I said, memories. Like elephants, hundred percent. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. It was, it was, and what makes it even harder is it was a team that that knocked you out of the playoffs and then held the trophy a few weeks later. And it's a team that you may have to go through again. You know, I think that's that's a part of it. And you know, we weren't happy with the way it went down last year in the playoffs. And, and so, you know, here we are. And and you know, yeah, big deal. They got the they got the extra point. We'll call it. Um, in game one this year, but you know, as you get closer to the playoff picture, um, you know you'll see things. I I don't want to say heat up in 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 that manner, but they're going to be a little bit heavier games because more than likely a couple weeks away from um, the last time you meet Vegas or Colorado, whoever that's going to be. You know, it's probably. I, I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb, and it's probably one of those teams that you're gonna have to get through at the end of the year if everything goes right to get to the finals.
0: Yeah, and I'm guessing that Wedgwood probably goes tomorrow night, Luds. You know, you've had Ottingers on a roll, but you got to give him, you got to give Wedgwood at least a game because coming up at the beginning of November, you have, uh, I think four games and six nights. So you're gonna have to give him some work.
1: Well. I don't know if I'd give him the Saturday game. It hasn't been a heavy schedule.
0: That's true. And
1: hey, when you can get points, you put them in the bank. You, you know, typically your season isn't gonna just roll along and you know win five out of every four games. <clears throat> so you know, I, I don't, I don't think he's. I mean, he. I, I was almost gonna say overtaxed. There's been games he's had to. He's had to make too many. Too many big saves, right? So um he has. I don't know. I mean, I don't think he's
0: I think he wants the puck everywhere
1: right now. I'd play him again. Yeah, I mean I would, but who knows? I, I, I don't know, you know, and again, I think that coaches come into the season and they have a a schedule. You know, now you're not playing who is is it Philly? Philly. Who's on Saturday? Philly? Yeah. Philly. You know what? And Philly's gotten off to a good start this year. They have big win against Edmonton. It's not not somebody in your division. It's not somebody in your conference, but at the end of the day, two points is two points. You know, this is a team that you should beat. you know, they're, they're a team that's rebuilding. You should beat them. And, and so if DeBoer and and his goalie, uh, his goalie coach decide that it's time for Wedgie to get in there, uh, it would be a good opponent. You know, then that, you know, again, that's, I do believe that, like I said, I told you this a while ago. When Patrick Waugh came in in Montreal, and Patrick got to be become Patrick after a year or two, he would go into the coaches. Here's the games I'm going to play. Here's the seventy four games I'm playing this year. I'm playing this one, this one, this one, all the way down to schedule. You know that's that's not the case, but but they do have a plan. I mean, I, I think they're. I think it would be smart. Um, that if you could keep Otter to somewhere between, I don't know, somewhere around 60 games this year, 55, 60 games, Yep. you know, get Wedgwood if, if uh, you know, you, you go through your, your schedule, like you said, when there's, you know, there's four games and six nights, you know, he's got to play a couple of them it, depending on how, how it is. You know, I don't, I don't think you, um, you don't want Otter playing a lot of back-to-backs. If you've got a good backup goaltender or any goaltender, you'd like to be able to, you know, because it, it's that it's that back and forth and up and down and groins getting tight and all that other kind of stuff, that those are the kind of injuries for goaltenders you have to try to stay away of. So yeah. Um